When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hotheads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley, and welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, we have Stephen Carr, who you can hear on American Ground Radio on 710 Keel in Shreveport, Louisiana. Hey, Stephen, how are things? Going great. Glad, glad to be back. Well, welcome. Our next debater, Roman Garcia, you can see each weekend on Success of the City on the CW35 right here in San Antonio. Hey, Roman. Hey, man. Glad to uh, glad to be here. Excited. Ready for another uh, kick-A episode of Master Debaters. That's what I'm looking for. And our third debater, James Pleasure, can be heard each Saturday morning on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 AM and 94.5 FM. Hello, James Pleasure. What is happening, Dennis? I am so ready to take some names and kick some ass and beat the hell out of these people. Well, okay. Well, they will... I used A. I didn't use the whole bad word. Oh, yeah. For the record. Uh, well, they will all be presenting arguments in an effort to try to win over our judge, who this week is KTSA technical producer Don Cooper. Hello, Don. Hey. It's so great to be on the show with Roman. I can't believe I'm on the show with Roman and James, of course, but uh, I am just elated, elated to be on the show. Family with reunion. And we're going to find out if he's the one doing the butt kicking or if the debaters are. But uh, Don's job is to My analyze and critique each response. Our contestants give the questions that I present throughout the show. And along with asking these questions, I am the show's referee. So if there's something that I hear that I don't like, yeah, that, that's the whistle that you'll hear. Uh, but before we get started, let's give our contestants a chance to get to know our judge a little bit better with a question. Let's start with Stephen. Do you have a question for our judge, KTSA technical producer, Don Cooper? I do, Don, as apparently the only one on the show that hasn't met you. Am I starting off the show at the disadvantage? Uh, not at all, not at all. Uh, but is it okay to be a virgin? Uh, as far as uh, this program is concerned, <laughs> this is my first time. <laughs> so, nice. So the real we'll be question gentle. is: so the real question is, who has the disadvantage? Is probably the, the judge this week. Uh, <laughs> Roman, right. do you have a question for a judge, Don? Yes, uh, Don. Is it a disadvantage that I do know you? <laughs> I think wow. I guess that's real- a yes. I think it's a, a very good advantage, considering the fact that we have already been acquainted and we know each other's, uh, you know, ins and outs and likes and dislikes. And uh, I think we'll get along yes. just fine. Mm-hmm. All of that. Yep. All of that. 
James, <laughs> do you have a question for a judge, Don Cooper? Yes, Don. Uh, seeing as I know you about as well as Roman does, I'm just going to straightforward <laughs> ask what do you think the Spurs are going to do at number 12 here in a couple of minutes. Uh, I have no answer on the Spurs because right now, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, Popovich needs to actually get his game together. And so when it comes to the Spurs, nada, nada. So, you know, that's that, that's not a good question to be asking. Hmm. <laughs> You're only off to a bad story. Hmm. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's, let's play. Opening Arguments on Master Debaters. Yep, time for opening arguments. In this segment, I will give each combatant a question. That combatant answers the question, and our judge, Don Cooper, will give them a score between 0 and 10 points. They'll have 30 seconds for their argument, and a buzzer will let them know when that time is up. Well, do you need a job? Well, a lot of school districts are looking to steer applicants to one job in particular. New Hampshire, one of many states seriously short on school bus drivers. Every school district needs drivers. Every district needs help from the public. Please consider being a driver. Karen Holden of the state School Transportation Association says a record number of drivers quit while schools were closed during the COVID-19 pandemic. Dean Cascadden, Bow School District Superintendent. It's not just a job. You really do become part of the community. Some districts are worried they won't be able to provide required transportation for students. That's correspondent Daria Albinger. So let's say you stumble upon a job listing or hear a place that needs some help for a role that's you know maybe considered to be run-of-the-mill or... Maybe something that you're not doing currently. Stephen, what would that job be? What would be the job that makes you say, you know, most people wouldn't care for, but that really interests me. 30 seconds. I think it's contestant on a game show on the radio. There are a lot of people that may not necessarily think this is the job for me, but I saw this job opening and I went, yeah, I've got an extra hour to spare. And this doesn't sound like it takes up too much prep time. So sure, I'll go ahead and do this. Now, I, I know that, you know, there's on Saturday Night Live, they used to make fun of celebrity contestants on Jeopardy and things like that. So I know that there's some risk to be ridiculed by this. But I'm still up for the challenge, and I think this is a valuable job. Okay, Producer Don, uh, what score do you want to give that 0 to 10? Let's do a 5 on that, a 5. Okay, next topic. Months after it got stuck in the Suez Canal, the Ever Given has finally arrived to its original destination. The massive container ship got stuck in the canal for six days back in March, but it only just arrived in the Dutch port of Rotterdam after being released by Egyptian authorities. The ship is expected to stay there until August 3rd, at which point it will head to England. It took lots of digging, dredging, and lifting to get the ship unstuck disrupting global trade. That's correspondent Inez de la Quatera. So uh, something you've been waiting for has been on that ship on a scale of 1 to 10, Roman. How angry would you be having to wait months for that shipment to arrive? 30 seconds. I would be extremely angry because, you know, I am waiting on a few things, and I just assumed I got ripped off by these companies I bought and that they're just not coming. And uh, I just now realized, yeah, they were probably part of this Suez Canal thing. So I'm pretty mad because what kind of idiot says I'm going to go down the Suez Canal and doesn't bother to measure their ship and say, oh, by the way, let's see if I fit. You know, I mean, I would think that's kind of one of the first rules of of, of, of driving the ship. So uh, a lot of reason to be mad. And uh, if you were to put on a scale of one to ten, what, what would it be? Give me a number. 
10, 10, 10 plus. Okay. Uh, Producer Don, what score you want to give that? Zero to ten. I think I think in this category, I'm going to give Rowan maybe a four. The only reason why, because I think he's more worried about the wedding gowns not showing up at his retail yes. store. Yes, that's right. Because then I got to deal with all those angry customers. That's right. Yeah. So I'm, you know what? I'm pissed on a twelve level. <laughs> <laughs> now that you brought that up, that's right. You made him even angrier. Even angrier. Even angrier. <laughs> Next topic, a 747 pilot spotting a so-called jetpack man east of LAX in Los Angeles, air traffic control, alerting the other pilots in that area. Back in December, a pilot on a training flight capturing video of what appears to be someone wearing a jetpack flying just a few miles from the airport. We just passed a guy in a jetpack. Don't hear that every day. And just a few months earlier, multiple pilots preparing to land reported witnessing the high-flying hazard in the sky. You know, we just saw the guy by us. A person in a jetpack reported 300 yards south of the L.A. final at about 3,000 feet. Jetpack technology has been evolving at supersonic speed. That's correspondent Gio Benitez. So, uh, James Pledger, guy with the jetpack flying around Los Angeles, who do you think would be that mysterious jetpack man? Give me, you know, who, you know, type of personality and maybe uh, economic or socioeconomic status. Or the other option, do you think jetpack man is the next Bigfoot? 30 seconds. Well, obviously, I think it's just Jeff Bezos uh, trying to get ready for a space shuttle launch. I mean, he was just trying to test out the atmosphere and get used to the G's. I mean, he's got a lot of money to burn. He's got a couple of jetpacks. So I get the fact that he's just kind of trying to test the waters and get himself used to that supersonic flight to get up into the atmosphere that he took. Good on him, man. You got the money to burn, burn it. But just realize... Whatever happens, that's on you. All right, Don, what score do you give that zero to ten? I got to give James a seven on that one only because the Democrats are saying there's no UFOs out there. All right, well, coming up, the best pitches on the best pitch they're going to pitch. They'll explain. This is Nash Debaters on KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. So things are going to start heating up now. We have Stephen Parr, Roman Garcia, James Pledger competing to convince our judge, KTSA, technical producer, Don Cooper, that their argument is the best argument. And if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, KTSA.com. Go to the Master Debaters page and you can sign up. So let's keep this debate going. For argument's sake, on Master Debaters. So, in this part of the show, I am going to give all three contestants the same question. They will each take a turn presenting an argument on that topic. After they all take their 30 seconds, our judge will give them anywhere from 0 to 20 points for their responses. The first topic, President Joe Biden is offering new incentives to encourage more Americans to get vaccinated as the Delta variant of the coronavirus spreads. The federal government will now reimburse those employers who give their staffs time off, not only to get themselves vaccinated, but also to get their family members vaccinated. Now, the president called on uh, state and local governments to offer $100 to uh, to those who do get vaccinated now. So we're going to start with Stephen. Fair or not, good or bad policy to pay people who have not gotten their shots to go and get them. 30 seconds. 
Well, we've already got states giving out $100,000, million dollars in lotteries for people that are getting the vaccine. So I think we've already jumped this shark here. But the problem is that people in government seem to think that there are people who haven't gotten the vaccine for monetary reasons. That's not what's going on. People have heard about it. They've been offered it. They've been given the chance. It's for free. People are making a personal decision about their health. And just because the federal government doesn't like the decision, that people are making doesn't mean the federal government gets to tell them what to do. Roman, your 30-second arguments. I hate the idea of it because I don't even have a job, so there's no one to uh, to give me time off. <laughs> so if I can just bill them, I'll bill them. And if I could bill them at my regular rate, um, I'd probably have to jack it up a little bit because I don't know what's going to happen with this vaccine to me down the road. So uh, maybe 500 grand, I would consider it. And uh, and the thing is, uh, before they said they wouldn't trust it, but now they're telling me they'll give me money to take it. So I don't know what to think about that. So five hundred thousand, I'm good. James Pledger, your thirty second arguments. I I I don't know what. I, can I get vaccinated again and get money? Like, how's this gonna work? I'm trying <laughs> to figure out how to best milk this thing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. You you do your own homework on, on what's going on. And unfortunately, you can't force people to do something that they don't want to do. Uh, and I just say make the decision that you feel the information you gather gives you the best possible answer to. And let's go. Okay. So, Don Cooper, what scores you want to give each of them from 0 to 20 for those arguments? The only thing I'm disappointed that no one brought up the fact of free food vouchers from Whataburger. Not one mention. Miss <laughs> <laughs> that. I, I hate Whataburger, you. so that'd be even worse. <laughs> I got even up the score on all three. Uh, a ten. A ten. For all of them, they're all getting tens. They're, they're all getting tens. Okay. Nice. All right. Yay. Next topic: uh, America's gold streak. Got a bit longer. After finishing her routines in vault, balance beam, uneven bars, and floors, Sinisa Lee had taken the gold. But the 18-year-old says nothing was guaranteed. I was starting to put a little bit too much pressure on myself, knowing that Simone was gone. I feel like people kind of put that pressure on me that I had to come back with a medal. So I try not to think about it. Silver in the all-around went to Rebecca Andrade of Brazil, and bronze was won by Angelina Malnikova of the Russian Olympic Committee team. That's correspondent Jim Ryan at the Summer Games in Tokyo. Uh, so in terms of Simone Biles and everything that's gone on with her and her decision to withdraw from a few events, at what point does someone's personal professional decision become a national, I'm going to use air quotes here, crisis per se? I'm going to start with Roman, your 30-second argument. Well, you know what? People can give Simone Biles a hard time all they want, whatever. To me, too, I don't think she should have quit. And she can say, well, I have mental whatever things going on. But that, that, okay, that's fine quit because you know what it gave the person that did want to do it an opportunity to step up and what do you know she got the gold and so now she'll be the one that's recognized as a champion as a winner and that stuff happens all the time you see it in football quarterback goes down second stream quarterback comes in and next thing you know he's awesome and and he's the one getting the spotlight so you know what winners rise to the top that's the way it is james pledger your 30 second arguments i understand that everybody that's not an athlete is destroying her for what's going on. But 
in that competition, the mental capacity you have to have to do the somersault and flip she has to do in the air. Like, if you're not mentally there, a wrong move could cost you, like, a broken neck if you land or twist or fall wrong. So I'm not going to discount what she was going through during those Olympics. And by staying in, she might have hurt her team more by not being locked in like she was. And, uh, Stephen, your 30-second argument. Sports doesn't equate to a national crisis. I understand that, you know, we have had wars fought over soccer games in Central America, but we shouldn't make sport the national crisis. If somebody in sport is having a, a, a mental issue, that shouldn't reflect on the country as a whole, much like perhaps more so when we have a political leader who's having a mental crisis and really can't continue that would cause a national crisis. But that's because that's somebody who's in a position who's supposed to be leading. We're supposed to be rooting for the other people, not depending upon them. All right. Uh, Don Cooper, what scores want to give our three debaters 0 to 20? All, all three gave really good answers. I have to admit that James did uh, add a little more sympathy to, towards the uh, Olympic athlete. And I think I'll give uh, James, uh, let's give James a 14. Roman, I think we'll give a 12, and Stephen, I think we'll give a t- another 10. Okay. Next topic. The infomercial world is remembering Ron Popeil. He was the inventor of the Chopomatic, the smokeless ashtray, the bedazzler, hairspray in a can, and the phrase, but wait, there's more. Introducing Auto Cup by Ronco, Popeil's pocket fisherman. This Christmas, get them the new automatic button. Ron Popeil got his start selling kitchen gadgets on Chicago's iconic Maxwell Street. Eventually, his inventions were all over TV. According to his obituary, Popeil had the uncanny ability to identify a need that the consumer didn't realize existed only to then engineer a product that delivered its promise flawlessly to millions of customers. Ron Popeil was 86. That's correspondent Sherry Preston. So we're going to start with James Pledger. Of all the infomercials out there, what would you say is the best infomercial product? 30 seconds. Oh, wow. Best infomercial product of all time? Wow. On short notice, I'm going to have to go with the Flex Seal Glue that I see that he's literally gluing pieces of thick plastic or thick, uh, like bulletproof glass together and making a boat that sharks are swimming under and floating down the river. That's incredible. I didn't know I needed that, but apparently I do because, you know, infomercials. Steven, what infomercial product would you say is the best? 30 seconds. You know, I was tempted to go with ShamWow, but no, I've got to go classic. It's the Bassomatic. That's the correct answer to this. As hawked by Dan Aykroyd on Saturday Night Live, the Bassomatic, man, you can turn a bass into a shake at any single time. It's quick. It's easy to use. There's no there's no cleanup. And, and what's more is it launched the entire career of one of the Ghostbusters. What more could you ask for from a product? I say it's the Bassomatic, hands down. And Roman, what infomercial product would you say is the best? 30 seconds. Uh, I'd have to go with the Flowbee. If you aren't aware, the Flowbee <laughs> was basically a vacuum that cut your hair. And you just run this thing across your head, and you are styling 
and ready to hit the club. And the other thing is, the Floby was so simple. So for someone who was really enterprising, they literally could start their own business cutting hair with a Floby. So you know what? The Floby wasn't an expense when you bought it. It was an investment. It was an investment in yourself, an investment in a possible new business. And before I go to Don Cooper, I guess a minor little follow-up thing. Um, are there any infomercial products that you'd say maybe weren't great products, but the commercials were great or the infomercials were great for them, other than what you guys had said? Oh, Sham, wow. Like, the dude that did those commercials was just so full of energy, it made me just want to go wash my car. <laughs> didn't, he, uh, didn't he go to jail for sexual assault? And he was full dead. of energy, man. He was full of energy. <laughs> I think that's called cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of slap chop. The slap chop. Yeah. Gotham Steel. Hi, Billy Mays here. Uh, so, Don, <laughs> Don Cooper, what scores you want to give 0 to 20 for those? Okay, so we, here, here's the deal. The 80s were like the pinnacle of infomercials. Ron Popeil, you knew it was Christmas time. Ron Popeil's commercials came out. And who can forget, who or who cannot forget the rotisserie, the set it and forget yes, it moment. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> set it and forget it. No, it's watching these infomercials, making fun of them. Here, here's the storm. It's kind, of, it's kind of strange. It's a little strange here because James, I, I got a feeling he might have been too young to really appreciate the infomercials that was really pouring, pouring out during that the highlight of like the, the 80s. Like the clapper or the chia pet? Those are the ones I remember from my childhood. I mean, you got you got to give Roman at least a 14, just bringing up the flow-matic, the haircut. The floby. The floby. What a great, the floby, what a great ad. But, you got to give it. You got to give it to Stephen. Fifteen for him for bringing up. I mean, just bringing up Dan Aykroyd. I mean, that is the ultimate. The ultimate. And what score did you give uh, James? Uh, Eleven. Okay. Well, coming up, our debaters have been holding it back a little bit because there are some things that they want to tell you all about. It's not a sales pitch, but you want to hear it after this. It's Match Debaters from KTSa. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week, we have Stephen Parr, Roman Garcia, and James Pledger, all trying to coerce our judge, Don Cooper, to get more points than their fellow competitors. So let's keep the debate going. State your case on Master Debaters. So before the show, our competitors came in with a topic they each wanted to discuss and present to our judge. They will get 60 seconds to present that argument. Now, during those 60 seconds, the other debaters may wish to put in a challenge. If they have another take they want to bring to that argument, they'll get 30 seconds each to do so if they choose to opt in. After those challenges, the original presenter will get 30 seconds to rebut those challengers. And if they end up going to a different topic that they had not sent in for their argument, they will get an automatic five-point penalty. There are more points at stake in this round. Our judge can now give up to 20 points or can take away up to 20 points from anyone whether they presented the argument challenged or chose to stay quiet. So, uh, who wants to guess who our points leader is right now? Who has the most points right now? Do we get points for guessing correctly? 
Uh, not this week, no. Because <laughs> I'm going to guess Roman. Really? Wow, that's odd. Any other guesses? <laughs> uh, James. James. I go with James. Correct answer is James. So, uh, James, you yeah. get to start with your 60-second argument. The SEC has unanimously voted to accept Texas and OU into the SEC. And this is great for college football because despite what A&M AD Ross Bjork said at SEC Media Days when he first found out, sounding like a petulant child throwing a temper tantrum, this is fantastic for all parties involved, which is why it was unanimously done. Why? Because it brings more money to the conference, and by bringing one of the biggest money makers in college football in the University of Texas and one of the better programs in the Big 12, in OU, and in the country, who's constantly in the college football playoff, it solidifies that conference, and they become the first super conference. And when you're talking about NIL now for name, image, and likeness, and the way that you can make money through college football with these student-athletes now, it's only good things for the SEC, and the rest of the conferences are very far behind in this now. All right, Stephen, a 30-second argument. Maybe that this is good for the SEC, but the question is, is it good for college football altogether? I'm not convinced that it is, that you just have the, the teams in the SEC with all of that concentrated power. Uh, perhaps college football at this time needs another model. Certainly, they're already experimenting with the playoff system. They probably need to expand the playoff system. But when you have these super clubs fighting each other out and they're all in one conference, we've got to find a way to make college football expand beyond just the southeastern portion of the United States and be relevant across the country. And James, your 30-second rebuttal. It is going to expand across the country because it's going to force these other bigger conferences to go, like, you're going to see Texas Tech probably go to the Pac-12. You're going to see Oklahoma State possibly go to the ACC. Like, this is good for all parties involved. It's going to make a bunch of super conferences to where the relevant teams in the league are going to be featured prominently to and you're going to expand the college football playoff system now you're going to get more teams in there and it's just going to make more money and that's what this is all about in the end money so uh james before i go to don cooper you're putting mm -hmm. the acc above the big 12 uh absolutely as of right now okay uh, and so let's not forget your home for Texas A&M football is 550 KTSA and FM 107.1. <laughs> right, which is an SEC school, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Don Cooper, what scores you want to give to everyone? Uh, negative 20 to 20. Well, I mean, this is definitely a serious subject now that the change of the landscape of college sports, you know, with the Longhorns, the Sooners, now officially headed to the SEC. I have to admit, I mean, that was a shameless promotion on James. I, I, I have to give him at least uh, got to give him at least fifteen just for the just for the promotion of of, of uh, <laughs> promoting the, the football games. No doubt about that. You got we'll to promote we'll the brand. Give, we'll give we'll give Roman because uh, we'll, he had a good rebuttal. We'll, oh, give he, Roman, he, well Roman didn't say anything. <laughs> That wasn't me, that but was I'll take credit rebuttal, for it. Yeah, was a great, great rebuttal, rebuttal though. Yeah, great rebuttal. Silence is key. Yeah, I, it was Stephen. I, I apologize. It, uh, we'll give we'll give uh, Stephen a thirteen as well. And Roman. Uh, yeah, I thought that I thought the SEC was the 
Securities and Exchange Commission. I don't know what that had to do with what we're talking about. Uh, insider insider trading. You mentioned trade. I don't know. Just whatever. Roman, you're technically correct. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I am. Uh, Don, you want to give, take away any points from Roman for his lack of argument? We will just... I, I would give, I would take points away from myself because I I didn't uh, you know I was trying to give points to Roman basically I mean, but he was so impressed with Roman and it wasn't Roman. You can still give him points if you want to. It's it's you're the judge. It's a, it's all in your hands. Just because I loved it all up, I think I'll give Roman a twelve. I'll give Roman oh, twelve. Wow. Thanks. A little pity. I'll take pity. I'll take pity any day of the week. All right. Well, Roman, it's your turn for your sixty second arguments. <laughs> All right. I don't think you need to be friends with your family just because they're your family. Um, I have seen a friend recently who was going through some stuff and his sister, instead of helping the situation, she stressed him out more by arguing with him, making all this big old thing. She does this all the time. And I said, why do you put up with that? He goes, well, it's because it's my sister. So what? I cut off my own mom for two years when we had a big argument. So, you know, just because they're your family doesn't mean they have the right up op- the, the opportunity and freedom to just say whatever the hell they want and there be no repercussions. And I think it's because I have a painful story from childhood. My mom sent me to Disneyland with my aunts. We were all in San Francisco. It was a cold, rainy day. All my cousins got matching sweatshirts with their names ironed on on the back. And I asked my aunt, can I get one? She goes, no, because your mama didn't send enough money. So you know what? I think there's just a bad taste in my mouth when people say you got to put up with people being jerks just because they're family. So you know what? Jerks are jerks. Cut them off. You know what? A time of need, you can be there. But for the most part, keep them at a distance. All right. A challenge, 30-second challenge from James Pledger. Look, family is family. And you're going to have your arguments with them. But that's how we learn how to deal with people we don't agree with. Because a lot of the time, we just don't deal with our own family or agree with them very often. So it helps set us up for the rest of our lives and dealing with people that we don't necessarily agree with. So I think family's needed in a small sense of the matter. But uh, family is what you make it your family. And some of my closest friends are what I consider family now as well. So... While you don't always get along with your family, I do think it's necessary and part of the evolution of you as a person. And a 30-second rebuttal now from Roman. Okay, I, I think your close circle, like your wife, your kids, kind of by contract, you got to keep that. Even though I have to admit, I've unfriended my wife three times in the past on Facebook. But outside of that... I think, again, you know what? If you're not going to act civil, if you're not going to act right, uh, I can distance myself from you. Doesn't mean I hate you. Doesn't mean I won't, you know, at a family get-together, give you a hug. But I'm not going to be calling in, checking in with you, and just putting up with all your crap just because you're my cousin. All right, Don Cooper. What scores do you want to give out for those arguments and lack of argument? Negative 20 to 20. Roman sounds like an angry elf. You can't get off my lawn. You can't get off my lawn. I'm I'm still just traumatized from this whole San Francisco sweater thing. (laughs) Which also, I mean, one one quick aside. Disneyland is in in L.A. So so aunt is made of money. No, my mama didn't have money. Why do you think she didn't go? Why do you think she sent me? No, no, I said your aunt. So uh, one, I gotta, right. one issue. Roman, I got to give Roman a 15 only okay. because I can relate. I can definitely relate to what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> as far as James is concerned, 
I mean, he, you know, at least he's, you know, he, he's shown some sympathy towards the family unit, but uh, got to give pleasure a pleasure of uh, as well. And what's uh, how many points or do you want to give or take away from Stephen? Who uh... I think, and as far as Stephen, I think we'll just we'll we'll stick with a ten. Okay, so Stephen, it's your turn for your sixty-second argument. But professional athletes and Olympic athletes should not be making symbolic political gestures during their games or on the field for two main reasons. First, when they do it, they're hurting their sport, and then they are hurting their message. Let's start with the first one. The reason people watch sports is to get away from the real world. It's a form of escapism. They don't want to think about their work. They don't want to think about politics. They just want to root for someone or something special. But when the very people you turn to for that escape start bringing in politics or conflict or strife, the illusion is ruined. If you need proof of this, look at TV ratings, the NBA Finals this year. We're down to their lowest for a regular season since 2007. The Olympics rating this year are off 40%. And Yahoo News says 34% of Americans are watching less sports because of politics. And it's also not just hurting the sports. They're actually hurting the positions they're trying to take. When athletes take a knee during the national anthem, are they protesting racism, which 95% of Americans would agree with? Or are they protesting the flag and the nation itself? These symbolic gestures lack clarity. They lack nuance. And as a result, they lack impact. I'm not saying that athletes should be denied the free freedom of speech i'm saying they need to use their freedom of speech wisely a 30 second challenge from james pledger look you're right i think they need to use them more wisely but think about it like sports and their messages have gone hand in hand for years it's not just about kneeling and protesting the flag like Athletes have come out and told you exactly what it means and people still want to take it a different way remember one of our most memorable things growing up as a kid was the fist in the air on the medal stand back in the 60 Olympics to protest racism. It is burned into my brain and it's before my time. It serves a purpose. It's just people aren't receiving it the same. And a 30 second rebuttal from Stephen. What's burned in my brain is Michael Jordan's fadeaway jumper at the buzzer. It's Kerry Strug winning an Olympic event. It's Carl Lewis winning. I don't know Carl Lewis's politics, but I know that he did something that was amazing. I know that he did something that was wonderful and that was inspiring to the country. There is a time and a place for it. And in the sport, you're hurting your message and you're hurting your sport when, when you're bringing politics into it. All right, Don Cooper, what scores you want to give out? Negative 20 to 20. On this one here, I have to give at least a uh, um, negative uh, 12 on uh, James and uh, a negative 5 on Stephen. I think he gave a good rebuttal. Okay, and and for Roman, who did not have an argument one way or the other, he chose to stay quiet. (laughs) Is he going to get rewarded, punished? Left alone. What do you want to do with his score? <laughs> I, I think we'll. I think at this point, let's leave Roman alone. Okay. Oh, nice. Well, For once coming up, who's gonna win? I want to know. Stick around. We'll find out. This is Master Debaters from KTSa. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. And the argument ends right here, right now. It's a battle this week between Stephen Parr, Roman Garcia, 
and James Pledger to convince our judge, KTSA technical producer Don Cooper, that their argument is the best argument. But right now, it comes down to one final fight. Closing arguments on Master Debaters. So this is where it all gets decided in a four-minute melee. I'm going to present a topic, and our three debaters will hash out amongst themselves for a whole four minutes. No more, no less. Four minutes. At the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each combatant up to 100 points, or can even take away up to 100 points. The person with the fewest points right now will get a 15-second head start, and then everyone else can join in after the bell has rung. So do you guys want to guess who has the fewest points right now at this very point in the show? Me. Roman Garcia. The correct answer James. is James Pledger. So uh-huh. the topic, a very complicated topic, which Texas city is the best Texas city? James Pledger gets a 15-second head start. It's a four-minute argument that begins right now. Oh, that is simple for me. It's San Antonio, Texas. I grew up in Houston. I lived in Houston while the city life and urban area is great. I also grew up in the country in Canyon Lake when I was about midway through sixth grade. So I've gotten to experience both and... San Antonio takes the best parts of the country and the hill country like Canyon Lake and some of the better parts of Houston and the city aspect of life without all the overpopulation and crowded and horrible traffic and just bad people that live in the city that will frustrate you to no end. And it throws all those away and keeps all the really good aspects of it. So I think it depends depends what we're talking about. Best of both worlds. Yeah, because if we're talking about, you know, uh, best city for tacos, San Antonio. If we're talking about best city for easy traffic, we're talking about Amarillo. If we're talking about <laughs> best city to uh, to use drugs, uh, okay, we're talking Dallas, Laredo. Austin, you know. <laughs> if we're, yeah. Oh, I mean, you know. As somebody who was who was born in Dallas, I've lived in San Antonio, lived in Austin, lived in Houston, lived in Tyler, lived in Longview. I've been all over the state, and I'm currently living in Shreveport, Louisiana. It doesn't matter which city in Texas. They're all better than freaking Shreveport, Louisiana. You, you guys are spoiled. You're spoiled right now. No income taxes. You're like, oh, which Texas city is the best? Come on, man. That's like saying which flavor of Ben and Jerry's is the best. No, they're all great. Which, I'm sorry. I messed that up which flavor of bluebell is the best they're all thank you ben and jerry's a bunch of commies they are commies. it's all about bluebell which is now listeria free and we love it baby all i have to say for san antonio the one thing i do hate is that they don't let you blend into a lane in traffic they would rather drive you into a cement wall than let you (laughs) blend over and they, they would rather you just die like, you know what, don't you dare come into my lane as if they own it. You start to put your blinker on, people will speed up to block you from getting yes. over in the lane. That's what I do not understand about San Antonio. What is that all about? And you know what? Because they're closest. 
here's it's, the worst thing though the traffic's worse in houston because not only will they speed up to cut you off they're going to speed up to get even with you shoot you so that you crash and die and then pull in front of you so it's even worse in houston trust and, and, me and the, and the, the thing with austin locked blank show if you know uh, what i mean we, like yeah we, we, and, and, horrible traffic infrastructure I was in Amarillo the other day and I was amazed how light the traffic was. Like it was nice. Like I could have taken a nap and just whatever, you know, and I don't even have a Tesla. Like I just was going to nap on the highway, you know, and then, but then you go to Austin, you couldn't blend if you wanted to because that traffic doesn't move. It's like, it's a constant evacuation of the city 24 seven. Like Godzilla is attacking and everyone's trying to just flee. And the, 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 the during a hurricane evacuation. <laughs> You guys are yeah. still you're still spoiled because you cross that border from Texas into Louisiana and your car starts sound, start sounding like the drum solo from In the Air tonight by Phil Collins. It's <laughs> da, 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 da. I mean it doesn't matter. The reason why people don't want to let you merge in San Antonio is because you're so close to the the highway that has the fastest speed limit in the country, 85 miles an hour. If as long as you've got that sticker on your windshield, nice. you nice. are good to go. So again, okay, now that. What I wish we had here that, that you do have Louisiana is the uh, some good boudin because I didn't know what that was. When I first went to boudin, someone said, you want some boudin? I thought yeah. they were offering me snacks. And so uh, <laughs> once I tried it, though, it was delicious. If you were in New Orleans, they may have. <laughs> yeah, do they even have that yeah. in Shreveport? What's that? Do they even have that in Shreveport? Boudin? Oh heck yeah! They, or, we got or, we got some Cajun transplants up here. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. One yeah, of my favorite Cajun treats is etouffee, which you can't get a very good crawfish etouffee down here either. Yeah, I, I yeah, could I could remember uh, what what was in uh, if that was in Shreveport or not. But uh, speaking of traffic, you know, traffic's usually not an issue in Shreveport, but that's for a different reason than. Uh, <laughs> It is. It's just it's all heading west. <laughs> Once you get the Wascom, it's uh, you know free run there all right uh our judge don cooper uh what scores you want to give those arguments negative 100 to 100 negative 100 to 100 they were all great they were all great i have to admit but i think i've came to a final a final selection on those i got to give i got to give james at least a 25 only only because it was just too easy to mention san antonio it was too easy so I, mm-hmm. I got to give james Forty-five. We'll give Stephen. We'll give Stephen. The only reason why I'm giving Stephen a fifty because he he brought up he brought up the, the drug content basically in, in the conversation as far as that. And he kept talking about Louisiana. So I I, I got to mm. give it. But Roman, I can relate. I, I got to give Roman mm-hmm. a, a complete one hundred points. One hundred points. What about these people that get on the fast lane? And they're driving 25 miles an hour, and they got their blinker like, "Get out of my way! Get into the other lane! I want, I got it, I got to move, I got to move, get off." Got to blend, man. Go somewhere else and sightsee. Although, I, to be <laughs> fair to Stephen, Shreveport is—I mean, it's not in Texas, but it kind of basically is. Twenty Texas miles away, baby. We're yeah. still on the right side of the, the Red River. <laughs> yeah. It's like Texas is stepchild. Yeah, I'm just glad we didn't use the. The Spanish translation of Boudin. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, right. I, yeah what, what would it be? Yeah. Uh, let's Maybe see. Chorizo. Who is going to be our winner this week? Put these points together. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, after some chatting, 
not really yelling, but, you know, some, some discussions about <laughs> some topics going on in our land these days. Of course, the most controversial ones. We only pick the most controversial ones. It's time to name this week's Master Debater. In third place, with 82 points, James Pledger. In second place, with 108 points, Stephen Parr, which means this week's Master Debater, with 167 points, Mr. Roman Garcia. What? Can you believe that? You get to celebrate with 60 seconds. It starts now. Look, I tell you what, this is my second victory on this show, and it feels as good the second time as it did the first time, because I usually get spanked every time on this show. So anytime I can eke out a win, I am plum excited, especially knowing that I confuse the SEC with the SEC. So uh, I just want to say, coming out of the pandemic, these wins are giving me a, a newfound confidence to get out in the world and to get back to living. They do as much for me as they do for the listener. And so I just feel that, um, I don't know, I just think the universe is speaking to me and saying, Roman, get out there, do something with your life, get a real job, something that Biden can give you time off from so you can go and, and get your vaccine, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know, I'm just extremely encouraged. Love this show, love Dennis. Love everyone. Oh, thank you. Although uh, it sounds like the wind is giving you a wind beneath your wings. Yes, a wind beneath my wings. There you go. Just you like you know, I was protesting the entire time during that speech. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was up in the air. That is it. Big thanks to our three debaters this week. Stephen Parr, you to hear on American Ground Radio and 710 Keel in Shreveport, Louisiana. Roman Garcia, you can see each weekend on Success of the City on the CW35 right here in San Antonio. And James Pledger, who can be heard each weekday morning, each uh, Saturday morning on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN 1250 AM and 94.5 FM. And a big thanks to our judge this week. KTSA technical producer Don Cooper. Master Debaters is a production of XS Studios in KTSA San Antonio. You can learn more about Master Debaters online at KTSA.com. I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. San Antonio's home for news and talk. On air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.